to the gotham geeks podcast the number one podcast for all things batman dc and more i'm your host Jaden, and i'm ike and something happened to us today we were indeed wronged we were wronged by every sense of the word would you like to explain what happened all right so as you all know we are in the new podcast set and right now we're trying to figure out some stuff like getting maybe some new couch cushions or maybe paint the walls different color and what we're what our main focus is right now is we're trying to figure out maybe a way that we could like get this shelf to be black and so we were like okay spray paint will do the job for that so we went to walmart as we do pretty much every week trying to get some some stuff for the podcast set up and so we went to the spray paint section got our black spray paint and then as we were checking out obviously like you need um one of the the walmart workers there the one of the employees to kind of literally like give you the authentication that you need to purchase the the spray paint and you just have to be over 18 which we We both both knew yeah but the lady came over and she was not exactly the most jolly person no but um (laughs) as you'll soon find out because um jaden was the one purchasing the spray paint since i purchased the the little head you see back here over at uh hobby lobby but we were he was purchasing the spray paint and he she came over and she asked me for my id first and i was like well he's the one purchasing and she's like no no son i have to I have, we have to get both of your ids and i'm like that's not how it works but okay so i showed my id anyways and i pointed to it and i was like am, am i old enough i mean and she was like nope and i'm like well i'm turning 20 here soon and she's like no you have to be 21 and then we were both like no, no it's no. pretty much 18 but then he showed him her id and i think we ended up getting away with it oh yeah even she didn't though seem too happy no she was quite cranky yeah but we just looked up right now and it turns out you do only have to be 18 to yeah. get the spray paint so she was being a little bit difficult with us oh yes over... lesson learned yes uh before we get into anything, obviously, you can follow us on social media, on Instagram or TikTok, which hopefully we're going to post our first one this week, yep. at Geeks Gotham. Then you can follow us on Spotify, YouTube, or Apple Podcasts at The Gotham Geeks, excluding podcasts. This week, I got rid of the word podcast, so that way we're even easier to find. Ooh, so that's even I better. I do like easy. Um, you're probably, if you're watching virtually, you're wondering, what the heck are we wearing? Well, by our costumes. And by our setup and by our posters, you probably can figure out what we're talking about. And that's George Clooney for the second week in yep. a row. I mean, we just can't get enough of George Clooney on this podcast. Yeah. I mean, we can't, we oh, can't yeah. really get away from him. You but, know, bringing George Clooney up again, we're actually, um, I guess we're breaking the news a little bit soon, but we're actually going to be gaining a third host soon enough. So we're not going to reveal who it is just yet, but yeah. um, somebody who we both um, love and respect a lot. Yeah. Um, at first, we were going to reach out to him, but he messaged us about trying to get yep. on the podcast. So maybe next week, maybe in two weeks, you'll be able to meet yep. him. So soon there'll be three of us. Yep. He as well is a big George Clooney fan. So oh, yeah. I'll just make it all, all the more exciting. Oh, yeah. But yeah, uh, speaking about the suits, how's that uh, suit uh, holding on to you? you this like... is, I feel very naked. I'm not going to lie. This thing is skin tight. Yes. Very, uh, as you said, tight. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, neither of us are very big people. So 
I guess no. that's a good benefit, but <laughs> I suppose so. I mean, it kind of makes you look a little bit bigger. Yeah, it makes us look bigger. Um, certain parts of us are quite revealing. Hopefully, Ike will have edited out, but <laughs> I'll have it all blurred. Yeah, maybe, maybe some yeah. of it will still be made. Put, his, made into the final cut. His elbows there are looking pretty revealing. Yeah, these are I'm not gonna lie. Pretty, yeah, we gotta hold those puppies back. <laughs> Anyways, but, but anyway, so by the title of this, you probably understand what we're talking about, and that is the not so amazing Spider-Man trilogy. As you know, um, or maybe you don't know, Andrew Garfield overtook the mm-hmm. role when Tobey Maguire, kind of when everything fell through that. So we got two movies: The Amazing Spider-Man 2012, The Amazing Spider-Man 2 in 2014. And we'll talk about why we never got a third one in a minute. But today we're mm-hmm. going to look back, kind of reflect on our thoughts on those two movies, um, sort of in the light that Morbius is coming out in a few weeks. And there's heavy rumors that we're actually going to see Andrew Garfield again. So who knows? Maybe who knows? we're doing this for a good reason. And who knows? Maybe we, we're probably not. He probably <laughs> won't appear. But yeah, we're going to just look back on what could have been because there is a lot of information on what we could have got. So I guess right. for starters, since we're wearing Spider-Man suits of, um, Tom Holland, uh, I guess rank the three Spider-Man actors from worst to best. And I think they're all really good, but you know, just our personal favorites, I guess, where would you put them? So in the number three slot for me, I would have to put Tom Holland. Now I know a lot of you all are probably freaking out right now. Just going, like, I know. Yeah. He looks like the most, like he could be a teenager, but I think that's probably part of the reason. I don't like him as much is because he's kind of like almost an annoying little kid a lot in like the first two movies and in Spider-Man No Way Home, he kind of matures up a little bit, but I feel like in the first two movies and in Civil War and in any of the Avengers movies, I just kind of find his character a little bit annoying. I think he definitely does a good job with balancing the characters. I mean, not the characters. I mean, I guess he could. Yeah. yeah. The character of Peter Parker and Spider-Man and I think he has the best balance overall out of all the Spider-Men. But I just don't think he is, I guess, what I think of when I think Spider-Man. It's just, he's not my favorite personally. But number two uh, would come in as Tobey Maguire. And it's very close to my, uh, very close neck and neck with uh, with my number one slot. But I really like all the memes from from Tobey Maguire, to be honest, that's probably the main reason I have him in number two. He's really funny, and he's just he's he's classic. But number one for me always has and always will be Andrew Garfield as Spider Man. Nice. I just think Andrew Garfield's an excellent actor. I love the Amazing Spider Man movies. I think there's a lot of flaws in them, definitely, but I think the ver- the vibe of those two movies are giving the most like Spider Man, I guess, vibes. Yeah. <laughs> I suppose, but yeah. Yeah. What about you? Mine's fairly similar, but also quite different. Um, right. And last place, I have Tobey Maguire. <gasps> Gasp. And I think that is easily the most controversial opinion of the three, but I'm not a huge fan of the... Um, I was going to say Raimi, that's not true. I love uh, Spider-Man and Spider-Man 2. I'm not huge on three. Right. Um, and most people are. Yeah. Along that same I, I just think he's quite campy. Um, I hate his version of Mary Jane with a passion. If you know me, mm. then you know I have a hatred. <laughs> Yeah. for um kirsten just dunst. the way that they went for kirsten dunst's character i don't hate kirsten dunst by any stretch of the imagination but i have him in last place um in second place i'm gonna have to say andrew garfield it was between oh. him and tom holland they were like neck and neck mm. and it, before no way home i would say andrew garfield is my favorite spider-man but after seeing no way home i think that they redeemed tom holland and all the 
the, oh, he's Iron Boy Jr. Oh, he right. has all this help. But I feel like when the credits rolled and No Way Home, I said, yep, that's the best version of Spider-Man. And a lot of it just yeah. comes down to we had so much more time with him. I feel like we fleshed out his character a lot. Okay. And we'll get into when we talk about the movies. Now, unlike Ike, I am... Well, for, let, me, let me backtrack. I love Andrew Garfield. Andrew Garfield is easily my favorite actor of these three. I, I don't... I think that he... He is the only reason that I think the Amazing and Amazing Spider-Man two have some good qualities to it, but we'll get into that right now. Right. Um, I guess what are your just thoughts on both movies? Like when you look, well, let's just do the first one. We'll go back and forth. But like, okay. What are your thoughts on the Amazing Spider-Man when you first saw it? Compared, well, I don't know if you've rewatched it, but I guess just mm-hmm. your thoughts. I wasn't really sure what to think of it the first time around watching it. I think his suit felt very rubbery kind of like almost like I, every time i saw a suit i, I kept thinking basketball because when you look like really close like to the textures yeah. of it it's very much like a rubbery like, like almost like basketball type texture and so i couldn't really get that out of my mind when watching the movie but i really liked the chemistry between him and gwen stacy in that movie emma stone and i liked the overall plot and i liked especially the overall just like i said earlier the vibe of the movie or whatever but i liked the cinematography in it the music was pretty good as well, but I just felt like overall it was it could have been executed much better. I feel like it was pretty messy, but overall it's still it's still a solid superhero film. Nothing like it's not my particular type of movie, yeah. but it's still it's still a solid entry, I think. And I definitely prefer his Peter Parker and his Spider-Man to, as I said, the other two. But I just think in this movie, they introduced a much more personable slash awkward version of Peter Parker and just a more quirky and energetic version of Spider-Man. But yeah, Jaden, what about yourself? I How just would, wanted to look up it? real quick what I gave it a ranking. So I Solid. gave this a 6.5. Um, yeah, there's really not much I need to say. I think that this movie is the safest version of Spider-Man or yeah, I said Spider-Man of Spider-Man that we've ever had. Um, yeah. It doesn't really exceed your expectations. It doesn't yeah. really do anything crazy. It's mm-hmm. just a, 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 I will not quality. I guess an okay origin story. Okay. Um, yeah, there's not really a whole lot. I think the villain's weak. Um, I, I love the relationship between Emma Stone and Andrew Garfield. I think that they have fantastic chemistry. And obviously they were dating, right. so maybe that helped. But yeah, for me, this has just always been a, a, a good time. I don't this is probably the one that I've seen the least amount. And I think that's for a good reason. It's not the one that I, I go to. Right. But compared to the second one, um, this is a masterpiece, I guess, when I compare those two. But um, um, my what I want to just mention about both of these movies, and this has to do with um, Mark Webb and just the way that they treated these movies visually. These This is the best that we've ever gotten from either of the three Spider-Man movies. Right. Um, Tobey Maguire's had some good moments visually. But for the most part, it's supposed to look like a comic book, and it's very of the time. And then with Tom Holland, it has the MCU glossiness. Right. No Way Home did have some really cool shots. There's a really cool shot where he's um, in the rain when he's watching J.J. Yeah, uh, Abrams, J. Jonah Jameson. And that's really cool. But in both of these movies, just visually, it's fantastic. And I oh, do yeah. think that Andrew Garfield carries these movies, and he's the reason I think I like him so much. But I'll just I'll mention the second one before you do. Um, okay. This movie is terrible. Sorry, I, I should have given you a warning before I got close to the mic. I hate this movie so much. It is, it's just not it. Mm. Um, and we'll, we'll get into it when we talk about 
the amazing spider-man never to be which is amazing spider-man 3 um i don't know if you know the backstory about what went wrong with this movie i've heard a little bit yeah well this is a warner brothers move so i'm surprised that sony did this but sony being sony was getting close to a state of bankruptcy obviously when tom holland got on board it actually brought them back which is you know a great thing that disney did but right because they wanted to produce and make all these other movies they went to him and said look it's cool. This is what you want to do, but we're going to add this, 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 and this. Yeah. So here's roughly off the top of my head what this movie was supposed to bring. A Sinister Six movie, The Amazing Spider-Man 3, a Black Cat movie. There's supposed to be a spinoff of Electro. We're supposed to get a Peter Parker movie, just Peter Parker for some reason, which I think is a little weird. This was then going to launch into a Venom movie, which we eventually got, just not set in the same universe. And on top of all of that, a Craven the Hunter movie, which is supposed to be coming out eventually apparently but if you've seen the amazing spider-man 2 there's parts of it that are great but a lot of it is just forced in for the idea of sequels and spin-offs and i think that is where the story or the problems with the story lie is the playing field was like a valley and they tried to make it into a mountain and it just didn't work there's just so much going on you have three villains and i think that that really hurt it andrew garfield is incredible and i just want to add the suit in the Amazing Spider-Man 2 is easily my favorite suit. I think Definitely. it is a beautiful suit. The eyes especially look great. But yeah, this is not a good movie. They introduce Harry Osborn, right. and he just doesn't work. You don't feel the connection or the chemistry, and that's all I can say. I could go on for hours about why I don't think this is a good movie. And to be honest with you, I think that there is a good movie that's inside of this mess. But we'll never see. So, Yeah. I'm not huge on this movie, and I think it's the well. We'll get into in a minute that it was things were just gonna get worse. But you can explain if you like or dislike. So there's a lot that I like about the movie, and but there's I think a a whole lot that I dislike about the movie. Other than the Spider-Man three, the the Rami Spider-Man three, I think this is probably just the most discombobulated, the most just muddy version of a spider-man movie that we've ever seen but i also feel like it has some of the best shots some of most definitely the best music and the best suit that we've ever seen in any spider-man movie and for those three reasons and it's probably more that kind of like tie into it i feel like i can't hate this movie as much as other people do i was almost considering putting this in a previous episode that we had with the top ten, with our hot yeah. takes, I was considering putting it as an overhated movie, but I feel like a lot of the reasons that the people hate it are justified, and for that I couldn't really put it in there. Mm-hmm. But I just think that a lot of people tend to gloss over the the really good moments of this movie and just focus on the bad. So again, I still think it's worth watching just so that you can see like the beauty of the different uh, the different shots that they have the amazing haha suit that um andrew garfield wears in this and what was the third thing that i said i said a third thing i don't know something visually you can remind uh, him on oh, the music yes yeah. the music the opening like uh Five aside minutes? aside, aside from the um I, I don't know how to feel about the whole his dad and his mom were doing some garbage i i didn't really like that but that's apparently the opening to Amazing Spider-Man 2. Every time I think of the Amazing Spider-Man 2 opening, I think... Falling the, down. Da, da, yeah. da, 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 da. But that happens after the whole um, thing. So 
not the, the opening first... of Spider-Man. Yes, the like yeah. after after they rolled the. No, when did they? I don't remember. It it's been a while that, since yeah. I've seen it, but I know like the very beginning shows Peter's dad and whatnot, and I didn't like that part. But right after, when it shows him flying through the sky like that, best Spider-Man scene absolutely ever. Oh yeah. And I'm not a huge Spider-Man fan, but when I saw that scene, I was like, "That's yeah. good. I really like that." But again, overall, I don't like the movie. I just feel like. There's a lot of scenes in it that I really do like. Oh, a lot yeah. of elements to it I like. Um, I just want to add this too, just because I think this is really relevant. Um, since No Way Home this came out, there has been a resurgence of people now saying that Andrew Garfield is the best. And there's nothing mm-hmm. wrong with that. I have noticed a lot of people because 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 he is teach his own. <laughs> and I, I, I kind of agree. Him and Tom Holland are like right here. But um there whatever i there's been a resurgence of now people defending this movie saying it's one of the greatest and look to each his own but you guys are wrong but i don't think it's right to go and bash somebody for saying oh that's not true because look i'm be real both of us mm-hmm. put batman v superman on our list of favorite batman movies right nobody is doing that i feel like yeah. no, most people wouldn't and i'm not gonna lie now that i've gone back and thought about the movies i saw the week i'm like ah maybe i should put batman maybe i should batman uh returns doesn't matter our lists are in the past they are what they are yep but if someone does say that the amazing spider-man 2 was their favorite movie just let it be i you know i feel like yeah same thing's gonna happen with the sequels as time goes on more and more people will learn to appreciate it as those kids right grow up and realize this is the star wars that i attach to star wars is for another episode or another time i just want to put that out there mm-hmm. if people do enjoy these movies that is fine to each his own but right now it's time to get into Amazing Spider-Man, Spider-Man 3, 3, starring George Clooney. Starring George Clooney. <laughs> we wish. We do wish. All right. The so, Gotham Freaks. The Gotham <laughs> Freaks. Right, we're keep, we are now, we're keeping we, okay. this in the video. We are now happy to announce that we are starting up the Gotham Freaks on OnlyFans. Yeah, guys. I would highly encourage you to start subscribing to that. Awesome content will be available there. So. Yep. We'll All be right. seeing some of our Gotham cheeks over there, maybe. <laughs> Who knows? Let's see. So, now let's get into The Amazing Spider-Man 3. I always want to say The Spider-Man 3. Yep. So, boys and girls, I kind of explained a minute ago why this movie, or why we never got to see this movie, but just to go over a couple more things. When The Amazing Spider-Man 2 came out, it was a disaster. It was hated by critics and fans alike. And in a lot of ways, like, or not likely, right, rightfully so. Um, but another thing to add on to that. So The Amazing Spider-Man 2 made $709 million, which is pretty good, actually. It didn't perform as well as the first one, nor did it perform as well as they thought. So obviously that's a bit of a bummer. Um, but let me check real quick. I'm looking for the budget of this movie. Oh, my gosh. I Okay. Just, just some clarification we already filmed this part the first time i was kind of messing up over some words and the first time i said it was a hundred million dollars to make how much do you think this movie was to make a hundred million dollars a hundred and or two hundred and thirty million dollars to make this movie oh shoot 230 that is insane jeez so i was way off anyways so just to put it into perspective this movie is 230 million dollars to make it made 709 million dollars to make when you add up all the marketing and you add up all the publicity and everything else this movie barely broke even it didn't make enough for them to warrant a sequel but they still wanted a sequel but then with all the backlash and with 
the controversy they have between Sony and Andrew Garfield's relationship, they shut it down. So we mm -hmm. didn't get any of the sequels that I mentioned earlier. We didn't get The Amazing Spider-Man 3. A couple years back, though, the supposed of what would have been Amazing Spider-Man 3 was leaked. So we're going to kind of go over it, see what our thoughts are, see if we would like to see this movie, and then see what we would change about this movie. And feel free to let us know your thoughts on The Amazing Spider-Man 3 yeah. script in the comments below or in the little poll that you put up on Spotify yeah. and see what you guys think as well. Also let us know about Gotham Freaks. <laughs> so. Yeah, see if, see if you guys want to check us out on the OnlyFans, <laughs> Gotham Freaks. So oh, yeah. Gotham Freaks. So we're going to take this kind of kind of do it we can't do scene by scene because the movie doesn't exist but kind of just go paragraph by paragraph so here's what the opening would be or kind of this i'm going to give you the setup of what would have happened so this film is set right after the death of gwen stacy it is set in january of 2015 peter continues his crime fighting act as spider-man while also on top of that tackling his work at the daily bugle Peter or Peter's life then turns upside down when he meets his old childhood friend Mary Jane Watson. Who do you remember who he was or she was played by? Shailene Woodley. Shailene Woodley. Who, I believe that's you, how it's pronounced. Oh yeah, you're right. Who, if you didn't know, actually filmed a couple of scenes for the Amazing Spider-Man two, but they said, "Look, let's wait and let's push this into the Amazing Spider-Man three. We obviously never got to see them. The scenes are still out there. Maybe one day we'll get to see them, but I'm gonna I'm gonna say no." Probably not. Yeah, but who knows? Maybe we will. Peter then, or Peter fell in love with her at first sight, but she was already dating Eddie Brock. Eddie Brock was a photographer at the Daily Bugle who becomes a character that we all know and love called Venom. That part that I just said was not in this notes. I just want you to let that or let you guys know. Eddie then takes Peter's job away from him at the Daily Bugle because he takes better photos of Spider-Man. Peter's life couldn't get any worse, or so he thought. Harry Osborn breaks out of Ravencroft, which is the prison that he was put in in the end credit scene for The Amazing Spider-Man 2, and recruits a group of supervillains with one goal, destroying Spider-Man. And just if that wasn't enough, Spider-Man's suit turns black, and all of a sudden. That is a terrible, terrible summary. I didn't write that summary, but I have wrote, written the notes after that. So I just took that summary that we had. So kind of to lay the premise, here are the people that were had in mind to play some of these roles. So obviously we already have Peter Parker in Spider-Man, who was Andrew Garfield. Right. Shailen Woodley was going to be playing Mary Jane. Green Goblin. I don't know how to pronounce his last name. It's Dane DeHaan or Dequan. Dequan, something like that, who was already um, Harry Osborn and the Green Goblin. Adrian Toomes, who is the vulture, was supposed to be played by Matthew McConaughey. That would have been all cool. right, all right, all right, all right, all right. I'm not gonna lie; I think that would have been some good casting. I'm a huge oh, yeah. fan. Matthew McConaughey is easily like a top five favorite actor of mine. He's just so weird. Oh, we love Matthew McConaughey. Oh yeah, Maybe, not quite as much as yeah, George Clooney, but, Clooney, but he's close. top five definitely. Quentin Beck. This is where I think it gets a little strange. Quentin Beck was supposed to be played by Zachary. Um, oh shoot, Levi. No, uh, Quinto? Zachary Snyder. Quinto, maybe? Quanto? Quinto? Quentin Tarantino? He, if, you, if you don't know, well, I'm trying to think of roles that people would know him from. I guess his most famous is playing Spock in the new Star Trek movies. Oh, that guy, yeah. yeah. So he was the one that they were eyeing up to play Mysterio. Rhino was obviously played by the same guy that they had in The Amazing Spider-Man 2. Um, it's Paul something. I feel bad because it doesn't Paul have Giovanni his last, or... Yeah, or It starts with a G. Whatever it is, sorry, Paul. It doesn't have your last name on here. It just has it abbreviated. We obviously know 
who his aunt was supposed to be. But then Gabriel Stacy was supposed to be played by Ewan McGregor. Interesting. Which is a very interesting choice for the character. And we'll get more on him in just a second. Another happy casting. Oh, yes. Those are the characters that, you know, obviously we don't know if all the actors would have been on, but those were the ones that I've been rumored that they were eyeballing. They were eyeing the role, yeah. Yeah. So let's get into this. It has been seven months since the death of Gwen Stacy, and Peter is still fighting crime as his alter ego, Spider-Man. After he successfully... After he successfully caught him for the third time, being Mysterio, Quentin Beck gets sent to Ravencroft. That is where he meets Harry Osborn. While in Ravencroft, he meets Harry Osborn, who offers him to be a member of a group that would eventually be known as the Sinister Six, a criminal organization with one goal in mind, and that is to destroy Spider-Man. Quentin agrees because of his lust for vengeance, he sounds like somebody that we talked about last week or two weeks mm, ago and three wonder. weeks ago and every single week it feels like. <laughs> against the superhero and asks how many members that they have. Harry then explains to him that he already has found four worthy candidates and they go on to meet them soon. So obviously that'd be the opening scene. So just judging yeah. off of that, the opening scene would most likely be Spider-Man going after Mysterio. Thing to put in mind is this is the third time so he has already fought him a couple times in the month since gwen stacy's death but let's be you know that's not a bad start so far right but things are about to get crazy meanwhile while this is going down peter meets mary jane an old childhood friend of peter's although peter falls in love with her at first sight mary jane and mary jane also seems to be quite interested in peter he then learns that she's already dating eddie brock eddie brock is a new freelance photographer who's working at the Daily Bugle. Peter then tries several attempts to get Mary Jane to fall in love with him, but they all fail, and after that, he gets beaten up by Eddie Brock once Eddie finds out what he was doing. See, I think that all could have been avoided if he was just like, hey, yo, George Clooney and I kind of like, yeah. and whatnot. she'd be like, what? Yeah, she would totally understand. But anyways, that's just my opinion. Let's see. As it wouldn't just be enough to beat him up, Eddie also beats up peter on recording and it is uploaded to youtube i guess is what it would be but it doesn't really you know have a thing causing many to mock the student being peter that's that's i guess a little bit tough rough during the night he dreams of gwen who warns him that a new threat is coming and that peter should be careful so good for him or good for her Peter still feels guilty about her death, begging her in the dream to stay with him, and Gwen tells him that she will always be there for him. Before she vanishes, Peter can hear the scream and see a blurry vision of a black version of Spider-Man, obviously symbolizing Venom. Sorry, maybe oh. they should have worded that a little bit better. I was going to say, maybe it's just symbolizing, symbolizing another Spider-Man we know that's yeah, black. Yeah, as maybe Miles Morales. But right. So obviously, again, being from that... They meet each other. They they sort of have a connection. He tries. Eddie doesn't like it. Yeah. And then what we're getting from this is that he has a dream where him and Gwen talk, and then she tells him something's happening. No, I don't know. I feel like they rely a little bit on the second one, too, when it comes to her dad. It seems like they rely a lot on the dead characters coming back and visions. And there's not necessarily something wrong with that, but mm -hmm. I don't know. It's a little strange. A little Doctor Strange. All right, now we're going to get back to Harry, as it seems. So, as this is all going down, Harry Osborn and Quentin Beck are able to break out of Ravencroft with the help of Gaston Fares. I got no Gaston. clue who that is. 
I don't know, but I like the name. Yeah. Gaston. They then meet at the former Oscorp storage hall, where Harry and Quentin meet the rest of the Sinister Six, who have escaped, being Rhino, Craven the Hunter. Ooh, we actually don't know who would play Craven. That's not one that was on the list. So hmm. who are we going to say plays? Let's just say, let's just say for the sake of everything good in this world. Hypothetically speaking. Let's just say Nicolas Cage. That's what I was thinking. All right. So we'll say Nicolas Nicolas Cage. Cage. And then Adrian Toomes as Vulture, who would be Matthew McConaughey. And then Dr. Otto Octavius, who is unknown as who he would play. Quentin then gets a suit or is able to recover his suit along with the rest of the villains. And with the abilities to create, oh, ooh, this is interesting. With the ability to create illusions, he then declares himself to be Mysterio. So I guess the first mm-hmm. couple of times where they fought, he wasn't Mysterio. That's actually really interesting. He just declared to be Jake Gyllenhaal's biggest. Yeah. And I, I just want to point this out, too, if you're a little confused. About this. So basically, just to sum up this area, they break out. They, the Sinister Six meet up, thus creating, obviously, the Sinister Six. At the end of Spider-Man 2, though, the final scene, we see a mysterious figure walking through Oscorp, and we see a bunch of suits behind him. So that's where they got all of these suits. It's from, I guess, Gaston. Is, I, don't, so I don't know who this guy is. He's, the Gaston is the mysterious guy? Yeah, he's the one who gave them the suits. So Is he a comic character? I am going to look that up, actually. If you want to start speaking real quick, just to see if yeah. there's anything that you want to say. Let me look it up. I'd always figured that, because I think, did he ever show up in the, the first Amazing Spider-Man, or did he just show up? Because I feel like I'd seen him more than just that ending scene in Amazing Spider-Man 2. But maybe I'm just remembering wrong. Um, he think- showed up a couple of times. His his name in the comics is The Gentleman. So let's just call him The Gentleman. The Gentleman? Yeah. I mean, Matthew McConaughey started in The Gentleman. That's so maybe true. Little connections there. So yeah, so far we have pretty straightforward, but it's about to get a little bit weird. The next morning, the Sinister Six, who have recently broke out, attack the Empire State Building. Spider-Man shows up, and although he manages to prevent the the building from crashing to the ground, he loses the fight almost immediately. Spider-Man manages to escape and then finds his camera broken and his SD card is missing. When he arrives to the Daily Bugle, which I mentioned at the beginning he works at, it turns out that Eddie has destroyed his camera and stole his SD card to take Peter's pictures of Spider-Man away from him, believing that Peter is trying to steal the pi- believing that Peter tried to steal the pictures from his own SD card. Mm-hmm. J. Jonah Jameson fires him. First off, why would J. Jonah Jameson have a camera and why would he be there? I don't know. I'm just gonna be real. Some of this is a little iffy. Right. So we're trying our best to make sense of it, but I don't know. I guess. Judging off of this, then, Spider-Man goes in and fights the Sinister Six at the Empire State Building, almost loses immediately. And then what I'm going to presume is that Eddie Brock may be on the ground where his camera is. Because one thing that we learn, and it's brought up a couple of times, is that this version of Spider-Man in Spider-Man, Amazing Spider-Man 3 takes a lot of um, similarities to Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man, where he's now recording his fights and taking pictures of him as Spider-Man. Right. That's how he was able to land this job. It's fairly similar to the comics, fairly similar to what we have. Right. But then again, it looks like Eddie Brock framed him and said that he stole it, so Jay Jonah Jameson fires him. Over the next couple of months, he realizes that his Spider-Man suit has been turning itself black by a black ooze, which gives, gives him the ability of organic webbing, enhanced speed, and strength. Here's where my problem lies with this. We have no idea how he got the black ooze. We first saw it in a dream. Right. So... 
I don't know, man. Maybe if you dream about your ex-girlfriend dying, then you get some black ooh or goo that um, just makes you turn into venom. So that's cool, I guess. I suppose so. Yeah. But maybe they just didn't explain how they get the black goo in that, and they'll just worry about those details later. Maybe they bring in yeah. more story about that some other time. I don't know. Something like that. Later, he then bling, brings this black substance to his biology teacher, Miles Warren. Not Miles Morales. Miles then realizes that the black substance is alive and it has the behavior of a symbiote or symbiote. I don't know how you pronounce it. I've never known how to do it. Symbiote, but that's I'll what just I'm call saying. him Simba. <laughs> Warren then warns Peter that it, not to bond with it, as he thinks that whatever it is could take over him. Hmm. What I want to ask here, and this is obviously neither of us know, is is he like know about Spider Man, or is this just like because we've never met Miles Warren? He wasn't the character in no. the first two. Obviously, he's a professor at college because you remember he graduated from high school in the second one. Yeah. So getting back on topic where where Peter ignores his warning and uses his newfound powers to overpower the Sinister Six and defeat them in their next upcoming battle. But not only defeat them, he defeats them badly and brutally. Harry, Hmm. who ends up falling. Harry, he beats Harry so bad he ends up falling into a coma. He also gets revenge on Eddie Brock by stealing his clothes spraying his body pink and trapping him in a vending machine that is interesting everybody makes fun of him and eddie soon realizes that it was spider-man who did this and not what and not peter that makes no sense maybe he just assumed peter was doing this because he he broke the camera and then he finds out oh it was actually spider-man mary jane then feeling embarrassed by the situation with eddie breaks up with him and starts to date peter immediately dang that's that's, that's rough and then eddie <laughs> swears for revenge so obviously i guess what this part is saying hey man here's some black ooh that i had why do i say ooh it's ooh. you i mean it is pretty like ooh. it's true black goo <laughs> obviously he gets the warning yo dude i wouldn't use this it's gonna overpower you peter ignores it uses it wins and then i'm gonna assume this wasn't peter i was obviously venom uses this to go after eddie brock embarrasses him Puts him in the vending machine. For some reason, I don't know why that's so funny. How do you get inside of like, yeah. First off, how do you get in a vending machine? And like, if you went to work, you wouldn't be like, "Oh, ha ha, look at you." You'd be You're like, "Yo, do you need? Machine. Do you need help?" Well, I mean, if I saw Eddie Brock in a vending machine, I'd be like, "Oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna like, I'll purchase <laughs> yeah. an Eddie Brock." Yeah, see if <laughs> see if you can get a free Eddie Brock. Yeah. I just think you know the the writing here is not great, especially when it comes to that ending where Mary Jane decides to stop dating him because she's embarrassed for Eddie. Like that's just such a jerk move. Jeez. So Man. essentially, what I'm hearing is, if you like a girl, she has a boyfriend. All you got to do is put the boyfriend in the vending machine, and she gets so embarrassed that she'll come running to you. So hey man, you do what you want to do. There's some hacks. And here's the interesting thing. This is where it ends so far. So this is the last thing that we know, the last paragraph. And this is why I think it's a little confusing. I feel like we don't know too much about it. Right. Peterson realizes that to get rid of that he needs to get rid of the symbiote. When he starts beating Mary Jane brutally because she is talking to another boy being Eddie Brock. What he the then heck? goes into a church and tries to separate the symbiote. This seems really familiar. Wonder oh. where we saw all of this. But even though Peter finds out even yeah here we go even though peter then finds out that it is vulnerable to sound by the church bells the symbiote turns his body fully black and immerses him in the symbiote Hmm. peter then sees a vision of all the bad things that have ever happened in his life 
what that really means is everything bad that happened in the two movies that we saw beforehand. Mm -hmm. Then the symbiote, then the symbiote having take, taken over Peter fully takes over Spider-Man. Ooh, actually, no, this is, this is interesting, I guess. Then the symbiote releases itself from Peter, taking the form of a Spider-Man and offers him a bond and offers to bond with him permanently. Great. At first, Peter seems to accept this, but he's, but he's able to stop. Okay, guys, this is just getting off the rails. But he is stopped by illusions of Gwen Stacy and Uncle Ben in his head, obviously because, you know, he was just having a vision or whatever. So. Yeah. Through the help of them in this brief scene, they help him understand what he needs to do, and that is to separate Spider-Man from the Venom. And then it just says they separate. So that's that's great, I guess. When he arrives at home, he then arrives at his home to his aunt, and he tries to contact Mary Jane, but fails every time if she doesn't answer his callbacks. He then learns that she has gotten back with Eddie Brock, and he tells himself, hopefully things will be right. In the post credit scene, an unknown figure is bond to a weakened symbiote. It has taken this character's body completely over, as he then looks and stares into a camera over in the distance, declaring, we are Venom. Screen cuts to black, as we now know that Eddie Brock is turned into Venom. So, hmm. these notes are leaving out a lot of things. Right. So, we're going to kind of go over a couple of things here. And the reason these are um, that they don't have every note is the ones, the notes that I've decided to look at are the ones that were the first ones released. So, this is what we first thought. And it's kind of all over the place. Right. But... Basically, what the movie from this was supposed to be was some of the Sinister Six break out. They form the Sinister Six. They want to go and fight Spider-Man. They beat Spider-Man. Spider-Man then gets the symbiote. I don't know how they figured out he gets the symbiote. He beats them. And obviously, then we get the Spider-Man 3 route where he becomes so overwhelmed by the symbiote that eventually he's able to free himself of it. Symbiote goes. He goes. Whatever. And then he takes over Eddie Brock in the end credit scene. Couple mm. things are missing though, and a lot of it has to do with time travel. <laughs> right. Because, well, do you want to explain what you know? I guess. No, you can go ahead. All right. So, we then find out as time goes on, and this makes absolutely no sense. So I don't know how anybody got to this conclusion or whatever. Uh, obviously, I know how we got to the conclusion because you can find all this information. Right. Um. Another plot that was supposed to be added into this was the idea of trying to use the symbiote to go back in time to save Gwen, to save Uncle Ben, to save Captain Stacy, and to save Harry as well. So for some reason, they they looked at that and said, you know what's a great idea to do time travel? <laughs> so, some black ooh. Yeah, ooh, as I would like to say. <laughs> it, it's, it's, it's just a hot mess. Yeah. It's an absolute hot mess. And then there were also, or not reports, there was also a big plot reveal where turns out that Norman Osborn was still alive as you'll you would see his decapitated head floating in a little jar and he would be alive and the head would talk and stuff and you know him and Harry would have that connection again build up this hatred but obviously from this as you know the sinister six wouldn't be they'd be the villains but towards the like middle half to like towards the last hour they'd be right. gone forever because as I said uh, towards the beginning of the episode the Sinister Six were supposed to have their own movie, which was supposed to debut after this. So, yeah. Ah, man. It's just a lot. It's a hot mess. Well, a lot of bad. Yeah. Now, I'm going to pose the question or give you the question, what would you have changed? But I'm going to just read off something that I wrote, and this is on my account that 
a few weeks ago. It was Jaden Reviews 2. Now it's, is it Jaden 2? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just figured I'd keep it in line with my main account. Makes sense. And this is talking about Amazing Spider-Man 2, and then I'll ask what you would change, and I'll go into my thoughts on this. Here's what I would change about the Amazing Spider-Man 2. Scrap everything about Peter's parents. There's absolutely no point. It hasn't worked in the first movie, and it doesn't work in this movie. It also makes himself... What makes himself Spider-Man is Uncle Ben and Aunt May. I would also get rid of Electro altogether. Save him for another film. Rhino works as a starting and ending villain, but don't give him the suit just yet. Give him a reason to have the suit. Focus the majority of this film, being Amazing Spider-Man 2, on Harry and Peter's relationship, but get rid of the stupid Spider-Blood plot Instead, making giving giving Harry the reason to be losing his life, just have it be an unknown drug or something that he's taken to abuse himself or whatever. Why does Peter's blood need to be in this movie? Makes zero sense. And that's a problem that I have with this. And obviously, they probably would have explored more in the sequel if they ever made it, but they didn't. Don't set up the Sinister Six. Save that for its own movie to then set up the Amazing Spider-Man 3. Lastly, and this is my stance on the next upcoming film, which would have been this movie, leave Peter and his relationships to rest. Leave Peter broken at the end of this movie so that we could see what would happen further down the line. So this is a hot mess. This is, we're also just putting it out there. This is going to be probably the most confusing episode because it's really hard to narrow down what happened and what didn't happen. But, right. um, I mean, we're we're dealing with a very messy subject matter already. Oh, yeah. So I I guess that really just sums up sort of what the movie was going to be. Again, we don't know all the details. Now, I encourage you to look at more because what I just read off was what we originally thought. And since then, it's furthered into this time travel of getting people back and resurrecting people and this this type of just weird nonsense that was supposed to be The Amazing Spider-Man 3. But one thing I do want to add, and I think that this... We actually know where Peter went after The Amazing Spider-Man 2. If you've seen No Way Home, then you remember which is going to go down as a super iconic scene where Peter is on top of the, you know, um, high school crying upset because spoiler alert. Aunt May has died. Yep. Terrible scene. But obviously then you see Toby and Andrew as their Peters go and they try to, you know, we feel for you or relate to you. And he's all like, no, you don't, you have no idea what I went through, which is, you know, not true at all. But then Andrew says, you know, once Gwen died, I stopped pulling my punches. So we know, that we would have seen a darker version of Spider-Man. Yeah. So, judging off of that line, because it's it's so minuscule and it really doesn't allude to much, so we know that he was a darker Spider-Man, but now we know sort of the script. Where would you have taken Amazing Spider-Man 3? I think I definitely would have, I guess, used the whole... Well, it, it depends on when it would be released. If we're talking about releasing the amazing spider-man 3 like basically when they planned on it or are we talking about or 2017 sorry okay let's just um, hypothetical say this is coming out 2017 right i think i would still go along the same lines of what they did with spider-man no way home um with him no longer pulling back his punches i think i would start off the movie like showing almost kind of like almost like how they start off with the batman kind of showing like just how brutal this character is and similar like i guess maybe just a flip side of the coin in the amazing spider-man 2 he starts off doing this like he stops his bank heist or whatever and it's all like bright and cheery or whatever but like it's a very like superhero type feel Mm -hmm. to it i would start off the third one with a much more dark almost villainous feel to it but with the same character as the last one oh yeah so you start off with your character being like yeah he's in the depths right now and he needs to be pulled out 
And then you can introduce the whole Gwen Stacy. You could introduce, not Gwen Stacy, Mary, Mary Jane, Jane yeah. and Eddie Brock. And I don't think I would have him fall in love with her immediately. I think that would be something that he would probably develop more over feelings time, yeah. toward over time. And maybe she tries helping him like cope with his feelings. I think I'd definitely remove anything with the whole like putting him inside a vending machine. Although that would be pretty funny <laughs> yeah. to see. Um, I would definitely not bring in the Sinister Six. I feel like that would just be better reserved for an entirely different movie. Mm. And I think you could kind of lead off with how they end Spider-Man, The Amazing Spider-Man 2 with bringing in maybe Doc Ock and Green Goblin or whatever. But I think you start off with your premise of Peter's in a dark place. He's bent on one thing now. It's revenge. And he starts trying to go after Harry Osborn. And so you have this constant back and forth between um, Peter Parker and his, I guess, him trying to control his rage. And then you kind of bring in maybe the Venom element at that point. But you, I'd want to go about it in a different manner that Spider-Man 3 went through, how they did it with Tobey Maguire's. Because I feel like what you read off there felt very, very similar to how they did it the first time. So I don't know all the details of how I changed that, but I'd still stick with that. I would just get rid of anything to do with the the um the sinister sticks i would i don't even know if i'd bring in rhino i think i'd just kind of keep him more as like like mm, you said this yeah. the side care that you can like uh maybe start off with maybe you could even start off with having him kill rhino or something and you have like a really dark spider-man but i'm not too sure because i haven't spent like a whole lot of time trying to figure out like how this movie would go but at some point he would realize uh, maybe that's through actually no here's what i would do in I don't know if how many of you have seen this, and, and I'm sure you've heard of it before, but there's actually a scene, a deleted scene from The Amazing Spider-Man 2, where Peter's dad comes to him in a cemetery, yep. and he's like, hey, yo, where were you this whole time? And they start freaking out, and there's this huge emotional like moment here. I would bring in Peter Parker's dad and be like, hey, yo, like I'm still alive, and then kind of have him deliver the line of, like, with great power comes great responsibility. And I don't know if they did in the Amazing Spider-Man one bring in that line. I think they did. They did. So I would maybe just have him like restate that line. But this is coming from his father this time. And so now he has kind of Mary Jane supporting him. He has his dad supporting him. And so maybe at this point he'll be like, okay, I can kind of break off from this from this symbiote. And I need to start going down a more light path. And then you could have, um, have him put in the same situation he was in before with Gwen like falling down maybe me like a Mary Jane and then have him I guess maybe f- approach that situation or in a different way <laughs> and she does as well and then at that point he's just like you know what I'm tired of this he grabs yeah. Harry throws him in a vending machine then he takes the vending machine and like flies him to a volcano or something <laughs> yeah. I don't know yeah. something along those lines I don't really know how to tie up the movie but it would maybe set up something like a sinister six mm-hmm. I just wouldn't bring them into this movie and I just feel like um bringing in peter's dad would would have fit better in this one as opposed to like a deleted scene for the amazing spider-man 2 but again i don't even know if i'd be willing to kind of throw myself into this world just because of how messy it is already i would i would there would definitely be a lot i'd want to fix in the first two movies first yeah but but yeah i think for me I just said what I would change with the second one. So I'm I'm going to ignore that. Let's say that hypothetically, not hypothetical, it happened. Let's say that The Amazing Spider-Man 2 stayed the same. So we're going to the third one. I say start out 
the third one, the way you ended the first or the second one, show the fight between him and Rhino, show him win, throw him in jail, and make him very happy, make him like Happy Spider Man again or whatever. But then have these scenes towards the beginning where he's Peter Parker and he's more and more lonely and depressed. That uh-huh. gives him a reason to want to be Spider Man, and you could see him slowly but surely start getting darker and darker. Right. Then bring in the Venom. Um, I would prefer that the Venom was brought in through Oscorp. So maybe it was like the secret project that heck you can have, have like his dad was working on the secret project with this symbiote or whatever. He's kind of looking into it. Boom, attaches to him, whatever. Then you can do the whole Spider-Man three route or whatever. Yeah. Um, I think for the villains, I think you could do Quentin Beck. I think that I like how they've had in there where, you know, they've already fought a couple of times. So maybe have Mysterio be the villain. I don't really know what all he would do, but I would leave the Sinister Six to be and make that the end credit scene. Or maybe make the end of the movie you see them breaking out of Ravencroft or whatever, because that could be a good way. Maybe a cliffhanger. Yeah. This isn't trying to rip off the Batman or any movie like that. You could have Quentin Beck end up in prison at the end. And then, boom, look who's like across from him or look who's next to him. And it turns out to be. Um, Harry Osborne or whatever. So then you can get this dynamic. But what I was going to bring up and you already said was bring the deleted scene of his father and make this a father son dynamic. Um, Keep maybe Mysterio as the villain, but predominantly make the venom the thing that takes over him. You can have Mary Jane and Eddie Brock. You could then obviously make him fall so far, you know, into this darkness that in a lot of ways, Spider-Man becomes the villain of his film leading into him redeeming himself, Eddie Brock unfortunately getting the venom, and then him and his dad making up. I almost said making out. That's, that's <laughs> not where I was going. Making up. Oh, no. And then the Sinister Six can be set up for either their own movie, or you could even set them up for The Amazing Spider-Man 4. Right. Heck, I think it would be okay if they ended this film like A Dark Knight almost, where uh, Spider-Man has done so much bad in this movie that he right. has to leave. Mm-hmm. Then for like, let's say they do go the um, Sinister Six movie route, then you can have a world without a Spider-Man where mm-hmm. just pure chaos can erupt and boom, Amazing Spider-Man 4, he has to come back and save the day and whatnot. But I don't know. Again, there's heavy rumors that we're going to get a, a sequel. And I don't know how I feel about this. This is my problem with DC right now is as much as I love the Batman, we're getting two Batman or Batman next year. It's supposed to be this year. Obviously, We're that's supposed to get happen, through this year, yeah. Yeah, but. but like, you know, then there's the rumors of Ben uh, Ben Affleck getting a, a solo film. It's like a, at some point, there's going to be too much or too many Batman. It's going to get confusing. So it's like, I don't know if I want to see Tom Holland and Andrew Garfield in separate movies, both about Spider-Man at the same time. Now, if it, come, if it happens and it comes out, obviously, I'm going to watch it. I'm not trying to right. be hypocritical and say that I'm not going to watch it, and I will, because right. I will. Um. But I don't know, man. We'll we'll see what happens. Obviously, Morbius. What what's today? Today's the nineteenth, so that's thirteen day. Yeah, April first is when Morbius comes out. So hopefully, it's not like a April Fool's joke, and the movie is actually good or actually bad. I don't expect anything right. of it. <laughs> I think it's gonna be terrible. But Probably. if Andrew Garfield shows up, I just hope they do it in a way that makes sense. In a way, I think that it could make sense, but I also think it doesn't make sense. But you know. Who's to say? Movie comes out soon. Should have right. came out what three, four, five, six, seven years ago at this point. Right. It's a movie nobody asked for, but that's how Hollywood works. That's especially how Sony works. Who knows? Yep. Yeah. Any any last thoughts on 
the Amazing Spider-Man or like, well, I guess, do you want an Amazing Spider-Man 3 or are you fine with the way it's left? I think now that there's kind of like a partnership between Sony and Marvel, again, and I've stated this before, I'm not a big fan of Marvel movies. I think they're very like cookie cutter and they, like you've said before, they're kind of like a formula. However, I do feel like they know how to properly execute movies to kind of like make sense, even though it's not the way I like them to be done. I feel like they could handle an amazing amazing Spider-Man movie much better now that they're in partnership with Marvel and have maybe Kevin Feige kind of lay out a better plan for them. So I feel like it could be better executed now. And I definitely want to see more of Andrew Garfield. So yeah, I'm aboard the train of making the Amazing Spider-Man 3. I just feel like I would probably recast um, Shailene Woodley as George Clooney. And I would also <laughs> I did probably... not think that you were going to go there. <laughs> I would also uh, have Aunt May replaced and recast as Nicolas Cage. <laughs> <laughs> and oh, we'd also maybe bring in uh, Matthew McConaughey as Vulture. That'd be all cool. All right, all right. Right. But uh, no, in all seriousness, um, that's basically all I have to say for The Amazing Spider-Man 3. Um I liked his, I liked what you had to say and how you would have done the movie. Um, mm-hmm. Still trying to figure out how, how I feel about an amazing Spider-Man 3 movie. But I still think I'd like to see it. Yeah. And, you know, obviously our opinions are not everyone's opinion. So let us know. They should be. If, if there's anything that you would like to see. Actually, not even that. Just let us know what your thoughts are on an amazing Spider-Man 3. If they did. Obviously, yeah. we just read from one side of the story. There's plenty of different versions that you can find about what this movie could have been. And I'm just going to be real. None of them are good. Right. <laughs> maybe you could find like a fan. Well, fan fiction is usually used in a more sexual way, but maybe like a fan written script that right. could be successful. Um, Just bring this up because we're on the topic of Spider-Man. I don't know if you know about uh, Spider-Man Lotus. I've heard of it. Yeah. So that is a fan project by a right. couple of college students. They've been working for, I want to say two years on it. Yeah. That is going to come out eventually. And I give those kids props because they're making the movie that they want to make. They're not making a spider, you know, it, it, it's set in its own universe. I mean, it's not Canon. Technically there's a lot of muddy water with stuff like that, but you know, if you Mm -hmm. want to find good, good quality Spider-Man stuff out there, look up some fan films, look up some fan written comics, even just read comics in general. Mm -hmm. You know, I feel like they're not read as often anymore, but no, but still, yeah, yep. there's probably some good Andrew Garfield Spider-Man stuff out there. But I right. do want to bring this up because you brought up a point just a minute ago. But um, recently this week, there it was a deleted scene that has been revealed about uh, No Way Home where Andrew and Toby, obviously, their arms around each other as they, you know, I guess get dusted back or whatever, right. where uh, I can't remember the exact line, but Andrew said something around, we can return whenever you want type of thing. Right. Obviously, that's a hint, I guess, that they could do f- stuff in the future, which I fully expect them to do. No, maybe won't. maybe we'll see them in a Multiverse of Madness, which, first off, I just want to mention, because we've done a couple episodes where we brought that up. Mm-hmm. I ha- always say multiverse. I never said multiverse. Do you say multiverse or multiverse? I go usually multiverse, just because I, I like why. the way it sounds. Yeah, I don't know why. It, I always say multiverse, and I don't know why. Have you noticed that I say that? I haven't really been paying attention yeah, to how Yeah, somebody I know that. pointed out that I keep saying multiverse, and apologies for that. I feel like I may just always say that, but hey, it is what it is. Yep. But yeah, English are... language is cool. Oh, yeah. It's English wack, is fantastic. Cool. Yeah. yeah, those are some of our thoughts, I guess. Um, just kind of giving you an idea of what could have been. Uh, what would happen if we were in charge? 
yeah, those are really our thoughts. Anything else you want to add before we close this out? Hey, I love you guys. Get it? Because that's, okay. that's a yeah, that's a Spider-Man No yeah. Way Home reference. Because that's what Andrew. Oh, guys, said. he added you in. All right, let's. Hold I up. did. Here, let's what's do ready? Hey, oh, I'm just drop this. We, we, <laughs> we love you guys. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. I don't remember. Yeah, what he I'm says. so mad they didn't say I love you back. Yeah, but hey, that was improvised, so that makes sense. Fair. But yeah, boys and girls, we are the Gotham Geeks podcast. I really want to get out of this. I assume that you want to get out of that too. I'm going to stay in this forever. Oh yeah, that's true. He. This is actually our skin now. Like this is what we much. look like. We're just our sim- it's a symbiote. Symbiote. Fantastic. Symbiote. Whatever. So yeah, okay. again, we're the Gotham Geeks podcast. You can find us on social media at Geeks Gotham on Instagram and TikTok. You can find us at the Gotham Geeks everywhere else hopefully we'll be on more podcasting platforms soon enough we're on apple Podcasts now so check yeah. us out there or maybe you already are listening to us there so. yeah shout out to those of you who have listened on apple Podcasts. sorry our identities are about to be concealed again dr strange is about to snap or do whatever magic he is yeah. so we're gonna be gone so what let's leave you on a few things what do we love andrew garfield and george, george clooney. clooney yeah george clooney Another thing, as we mentioned at the beginning of this episode and the next week or so you'll meet our newest host Mm -hmm. um great guy i think you guys will really enjoy his takes on some of his topics or whatever but we'll see what happens with that the gotham geeks podcast is expanding soon enough so yeah any last word you want to say as stated previously i love you guys (laughs) yeah i already yeah yeah. it's not even late today we're just getting sidetracked all right anyway yourself what final words uh And that's it. (laughs) And that's a wrap, folks. We'll see you guys next week. Peace.